0: The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club.
1: Boxing Day saw Celtic take part in their 36th competitive game of the season, with goals from Lea Labada and near beat against St Johnson ensuring we got over the line safely ahead of a very welcome winter break. The football doesn't start back again for another three weeks now and it could be a very different Celtic who take to the field against Hibs on 17th of January. But in the meantime, how have Ange and the boys done overall since that first competitive game against Meachland way back on the 20th of July? This is the Celtic Exchange's half-season review, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Muff and James to cover and rate the season so far. Muff, I know you like a wee half at the best of times, are you looking forward to discussing the first half of the season?
0: Yes, hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners, Uh, very much so, yes, Um, given that we we commented on our our, um, year anniversary uh, earlier in the month, I, I think the feeling at the end of, or the end of this half of the season is certainly much better than it was at last I think you knew the wheels were coming off um, fairly early last season so I think we're in a completely different place now injuries have seen us you know recently maybe struggle to put a decent 11 out in the park but I think all
1: things told I'm, I'm me personally, I'm quite happy where we are at, at, at this stage in the process. Good to hear, James Mutchland. In July, feels like a long, long time ago now. Do you think Celtic had a vastly different
2: proposition to the one that faced Eric Fiaccenko and Co. way back then? Do you know? I was thinking about it this morning ahead of this. Um, if if the team that Celtic put out, you know, first eleven now was playing then, even if you swapped the goalie, you swapped Joe Hart for Barkas, we'd probably go through that. So it's a totally different team. There's there's confidence. There's good football. And I don't think we've seen half it yet. I think there's an awful lot to come for this team and from Ange. The best is yet to come, let's hope so. So what
1: we'll do, first of all, before we re- really get into it in terms of the half-season review, we'll take a quick look at the, the Boxing Day result against St. Johnson and an even quicker look at the midweek disappointment against a, a COVID hit, St. Mirren. So a fairly unique lineup uh, on the day for Celtic <laughs> against St. Johnson and even less familiar bench if you look at some of the young lads there. So were you nervous ahead of the game on Boxing Day given the number of big players we had missing? Absolutely. And um, my, my chat pre-game was let's hurry
0: up and get us out of the way so I can watch the racing in peace um, because I, I, I was thinking to myself this this isn't got to be pretty viewing um, in, in terms of the, the line-up I think it was just it made, it made sense to use Welsh as he was fit he's now gained experience so I don't really I didn't see that as a huge risk him being put in there and I thought he acquitted himself very very well um, Barkas an interesting one um, although my, my wee boy got a Celtic's. Goal strip off Santa with Barca in the back. It was his choice. So we, we pretend in the house that Barcass is a good keeper. Yeah, right. um, so, it's does, quite, so does Barcass at uh, this quite, house? Quite hard to keep up the pretense sometimes because he's completely, he's completely disappeared off the team sheet. Um, I actually thought pre, pre-match, I was very worried about the midfield three, but I actually thought first half, that they were all excellent. Mm. Um, the, you know, I, I thought that it looked a bit, bit static, a bit rigid, but then you're thinking about Rogic of the past few seasons and not Rogic as he is now. You know, he's covering, he's, he's galloping, covering ground, box to box, great strength. Just, uh, I mean, I'll go on about him later on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's just, he's just phenomenal. And Kyogo coming back in now looks a bit silly, but you can understand. I mean, you, we're down to the bare bones. There was, there was nothing else, really. I, I felt Angie Sand was pretty much
1: forced. Yeah. I think so. James, i mentioned there that rarely I've ever seen uh, midfield three of Beaton, McCarthy and Rogic, but I think the three of them done okay. They did. They
2: play well together. Um, I think a big part of it is the maturity of Rogic you know, as a player. Um, the way he's come on under Ange, he's, he's a 90 minute player. I, I know it's different, but I was watching a Zidane clip this morning and my favourite player of all time, Zidane, probably the best player in the world kind of thing, maybe even ever. But you can see rog- Rogic kind of styles himself on that kind of, you know, combative, strong on the ball, bags of talent, ball close to feet. And players just thrive off that and playing in a midfield with a guy like that is just giving us, you know, great opportunities.
0: Just on that, that point, James, I thought it was noticeable to see having somebody like McCarthy on the team. McCarthy looked for Rogic every yeah. time he had the ball. So rather than, you know, just feed the ball out wide and play the same repetitive sort of pass... McCarthy was really incisive yesterday. And he was rolling the ball, even if Rogic was only five yards away. He was rolling the ball just in front of Rogic to, to almost to release him, to free him up. And the amount of times that they found Rogic just in that that center circle where he was able to go in the half turn, I, I thought it was. I thought it was brilliant. I, I could never have thought that midfield three in any game would have been as enjoyable to watch, but mm. and especially
1: on a pitch like that, and yeah, still being able yeah. to knock the ball about, excellent. I think so. And spoke after the match, and he said basically that it was experience that got the team over the line, and I think he's right, and you've got to include, you know, those guys mentioned, you know, the midfield three, beat on captain on the day. Um I thought Juranovic stepped up as well, just showed a, you know, a bit of something about him, and we'll, we'll talk about the youth, and, you know, particularly maybe young Joey Dawson, but the older guys done their job. But just on pain paying great homage
0: to the Abuwe Kuwassi 88 strip, um, really, <laughs> you <laughs> a, know, a maintain, ma- maintaining those standards. He was he was excellent. The ball for the f- first goal. What a save that is for the keeper! Bow. Oh, uh, aye. what Absolutely. a save! Um, and Abada bad at doing what he does. Three or four goals like that. Just I know it comes for his initial shot, but he just pops up. He's just. I, I, I mean, it, he's a frustrating player sometimes with his output over the course of the ninety minutes. But I think it's 18. 18 I, Goal contributions, contributions uh, as they call ten, it ten these days, eight, yeah. Yeah. eight goals, ten assists, or vice versa. I, I just think, if when he signed pre-Mitchelland, if you were told by winter break that's
2: what he's got oh, to he's produce, we would all be up. happy. Yeah, yeah, I think he really benefited from benefited from the three-five-two, having a guy beside him rather than a lone striker or coming in from the wing.
0: Yeah, he, he kept
2: kind of dropping short and leaving
0: mm-hmm. Dawson up, and I think that worked because yeah. you seen him. Him and Dawson surprisingly seemed to. Can I understand? Like,
1: D- Dawson was quite happy to just sit in the shoulder and make those runs in behind. I just think it worked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you did. Um, just to confirm, you're right, Miff, so 10 goals for a bad eight assists. So really... pretty, pretty good, my stats. Ah, you're excellent. Really good numbers overall, though. Uh, James Forrest-esque, some might say. Um, but yeah, love to. I mean, you know, we're talking about legends <laughs> here. About, I say forest, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've mentioned the three-five-two, James, and it's definitely become a talking point after the game. There, it's the first time I think Ange has broken from his four-three-three, which is he's tried and tested. And it has been suggested that this is something that might be a decent workaround to to get by this low block that a lot of teams are now employing against us. Do you think that could be an option in the future, Miff?
0: Well, well, certainly because I think w- what you see certainly at Celtic Park, I'm um, behind the goals I'm old Rangers into family stand and you can just see doubling up on, on the wide men sometimes trebling up on the wide men funneling in to the you know about 25-30 yards for goal, and then it's just 2-2 two two. It, it, you know it, it's so hard to break down the, I mean there, there's loads of times guys are getting the ball in the box trying to make a turn play a pass there's 4 men running about them you know they just get crowded out it's really really hard so anything anything that we that we do just that tries to make us it slows us down when, when teams do that against us That that's obviously why they do it. It, it they know that they'll get success if they do that against us because I think if you look at it you know you look at St Myrne you look at Ross County you look at Dundee United Livingston they've all done it and it's worked um, I think the key is us not scoring early yeah. if we don't score early I, I know it's a very obvious and cliche but if we don't get that early goal you can just you can just see a, a sort of nervousness because a pattern develops to the game which is generally pretty hard to break Yeah,
2: I think the other side that's the confidence the, the opposition get in not having conceded yeah and I think in the same suit even
1: though we did get the goal early and we get a second I know it sounds greedy here but a third puts it to bed and the longer it stays 2-0 you're nervous and then when you did concede you were and, very and, nervous and, and, and we had ample chances
0: I mean right. we, we could easily have been 5-6 up by the time that, that St. Johnson had scored a bad I could have had a I in the first all half right. easily yeah. um, again keepers made another good save To be fair A I took it really well On his left foot So I, I think all, all things considered The 3-5-2 to me Worked I, I thought it looked pretty flexible As well at times Because You know Welsh kind of moved inside Juranovic dropped back I, I, Again I, You mentioned Juranovic there I had that in my head to say Tino actually Just how well I thought he played And how I mean, two and a half million was that we paid for Aye. him. That is an
2: absolute steal. Yeah, yeah. absolute steal. Aye, he's, go, he's going to be a key key player because of the you know, it's not just versatility as in I can fill in there. It's I can fill in there and be great in that position. I, I, it, it, and also, it just his work rate. He, to, to me, he is
0: very much just an Ange type of player. If I think he the type of player he would want, that to me as a profile. Whereas, and we'll probably go into this as we talk a bit more depth. Some like McCarthy. The reason he's probably not played as much as you could see. McCarthy's kind of more holds a position rather than goes and presses but mm-hmm. first goal comes about for McCarthy just going oh. kind in of, and he's probably the only player in the team that would do that just going and nails a tackle on the midfield and it's great that's the type of thing you want to see for yeah. your, your holding midfielder there is somebody going and putting, putting themselves about so McCarthy's quality is clear it's just whether or not the type of player he is means he'll fit into the way that Ange wants him to play it, to me it just still stands out as a bit of a strange signing although I would love nothing more than it to work
2: do you think there's a similarity with Turnbull there? Like, I think Turnbull's a, a class player. I'm not sure he fits the system.
0: I, I I would have said that at the start. I think he's grown to fit the system because Ange has obviously trusted him because he's played him so often. I think he's but, had to. But Yes, but I, I do think Turnbull's slightly different. I think he plays higher up the park, maybe a, a bit more out wide at times. You know, similar to Rogic, I would say, like, tries to get the ball, can out wide feed and play off shot or a badder whoever he's playing playing out wide with McCarthy to me seems to stay more central but I think what you've seen from McCarthy is McCarthy's actually pretty good at playing you know through balls and killer passes as well he's got intelligence yeah Yeah. you'd you'd like him a wee bit you don't want to pigeonhole him into
1: that just you staying kind of screen the defence I think he's more than that yeah, I, th- mm. I think he's certainly got more to offer What we'll do as well Obviously we'll get into the individual players in a bit more detail But t- to stay on your point about Juranovic myth, I think he's got so much more to offer oh. We've seen a glimpse of what he's got There's no doubt the talent the guy's got And I think he'll really excel as he, the season kicks on um, You'd mentioned the various chances that Abada had And rightfully so Important of course to look at the, the very decent effort And the very unlucky effort by Joey Dawson So he obviously stepped Hi. in for Hugo Around about
2: 13-14 minutes He done play well James? Did very, very well Yeah, very impressed I think it was just, you know It was maturity beyond these years And the presence he brought to his game For such a young lad You know, just really calm We talked about it in the post-match yesterday That you know, when Moffat came on He was all kind of I think the occasion got to him The fact that he got his debut All that kind of stuff Dawson just didn't He was just calm as you like The early uh, ability to link up With a player he's probably never played with before In a Was really, really impressive He was impressive all round And just unlucky he didn't get his, his goal
0: Very unlucky as a father of a ginger, a, a, it was a great moment for us as a family. <laughs> Seeing Yep, <laughs> it's seen him coming off the bench. But we all took a wee moment to reflect on that. It, it is po- just tell my son, it is possible. You can do it. Um, <laughs> Dream so I, I No, it was, it was excellent. Um, but li- like you say, uh, we, we touched very briefly upon this before we came on air. Um, sometimes just the first touch of a footballer, first time you see them playing, gives you a good guidance to... How good a player they're going to be, or how good a player you think they are, and immediately the way Dawson addressed the ball, you went, "That will do for me," because mm-hmm. you could clearly see just that he had the confidence to take that, take that touch, address the ball, lay it off. He was looking to do that. He wasn't trying to be, "Oh, this is my chance to impress." I better go and try and beat three men. Whatever. He was just playing really sensibly, doing his job for the team. No Please doubt the job. Him, yeah. No doubt the job he was being asked to do, and that in itself, having that discipline to go on there and not let the occasion overawe you and just go on and do your job, which he'd done very, very well. Again, you mentioned Darren Moffat, who clearly, as you can see for the, the B-team highlights, Moffat is a very high level of ability. Mentality is a huge thing of in football. You yeah. know, mental strength is a huge thing in football. And no doubt, you know, Owen Moffat, Scottish lad, brought through the system. it have meant, a, you know, emotionally it'll have meant a great deal to him. Joey Dawson's slightly different. Come through the ranks at Scunthorpe, highly rated youth come up here with probably a bit more confidence in his ability he you knows somebody's went and paid money for him you know I, I know my good player comes for a footballing family all that type of thing mentality's a huge thing he's went on that part and went this is my chance I'm going to take it whereas Moffat's probably went on thinking I better not make a mistake right. I, I'm assuming that that's just how it's looked to me but I thought for Dawson I was gutted he never get his goal yeah. um, I, I was really really impressed and I seen somebody mention on Twitter and I can't I can't argue with it at all I've watched your, your Mo gurus, Amido Baldis all these guys that were Wasted millions on He looked in sixty minutes, more of a player than many of the players that we've wasted a great deal of money on.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree with pretty much everything you've said there, Matt. You know, it's um, you know it's just a snapshot with an hour or so of him, but he just carries himself like a footballer. And I think the mentality is so important. And I think you've made some really valid points there. Just about he comes from a line of footballers, and his dad was a footballer. Obviously, his uncle uh, Michael Dawson. Michael Dawson was quoting actually. Um, I think he was on Sky Sports live at the time yeah, when he came on. Right. So a, a nice moment. Um, basically, it'd be a real proud moment for uh, Joey Dawson's parents, of course. He said he was planning on being at the Spurs game yep. yesterday. Yep. Had he not been yeah, called back into the first team squad so that's a huge moment for him and I hope we see so much more of him because he's been a bit of a it looks like a hidden gem doesn't it we've seen Moffat we've seen various young guys and now we've
2: just had a wee snapshot of this guy no, and if, if we're going to you know flip to this 3-5-2 then he seems to fit that role if we're playing 4-3-3 three, three yesterday that's a question you know where, where does he fit within that he's not going to be a lone striker is he I don't think it, anyway Um maybe he's a lone striker Closing out a game last 20 minutes But when you're 3-5-2 He's the guy who plays Beside the other two Yeah Um, So obviously You know Dawson played his part He came off the bench It was a a
1: very Youthful bench yesterday You had You know A couple of guys We hadn't heard of You know In shape of Ryan Mullen The goalkeeper Sure, he's a good prospect, but, you know, don't know him. Moffat was on the bench, never come on. Ben Doak, extremely highly rated um, young player. So he's featured for Scotland International and there's serious hopes on, you know, on his young shoulders. But he's 16 and that, even when you just look just at that he's just turned 16 and he's in a bench, on the bench. And you'd have to call it a must win yesterday. I know that sounds quite dramatic, but Celtic couldn't afford any slip-ups. Up, slip so it was just good to see that we managed to go over the line with the youth guys there as well. Well, I, I think... him. Um, One of the things we bemoaned last season, amongst others,
0: um, I think we spoke at length, whether it was me and you, James, Kenny, Chris, whoever was on at the time. Sinky, I better mention Sinky, I don't want him going off. I know Paddy, no? Paddy Paddy was a later entrant, was he not? A later rival. he was a later rival. But one called Paddy as well, because I think we did did speak about it when Paddy was on, um, was the progress of youth team players, lack of a striker coming through and all these different things. It, it looks, it does look a bit rosier because you've got these players and Claude Montgomery in there as well. You know, Montgomery, who's been a, an effective squad player mm-hmm. this season, you know, playing some big games, still don't think he's the, the finished article, could probably be done with a loan, but mm-hmm. our squad's that threadbare that you, you couldn't, really send him out in London yeah. but it yeah. looks like he's a, a good footballer. You know? Prospect. So, um, he, and again, he thought he quitted himself pretty well when he came on yesterday. So uh, that that element looks a bit rosier, and the only hope is that somebody like Ange going in there and putting a focus on it um, means that it just improves from this point on. Um, I just the, the key thing for me about, about yesterday was we got the three points, and we, we found a way. We touched on St Myrne earlier. Um, yeah. Probably a wee bit of the, the mentality being slightly different there, where we thought we probably just had to turn up one, and let's be honest, even the fans felt that. No doubt the players did as well, because... Because of St Myrne's issues, the way the ball bounces, you could end up coming away winning 2-3-0, or but you don't. That's, you know, that's life. Um, You're right in what you say, Tino, that was must win. And and fair play to the players, patched up squad. Losing Coyle early as well, which could have had an
1: infective mentality, but it didn't. They kept going and they got the result. Yeah, absolutely. What we'll do as well, we'll touch on St Myrne very briefly, kind of because we have to, not because we want to, but it was obviously a very disappointing night. I mean, James, what do you think we got wrong against them that we got right against Johnson. What was the difference?
2: I think the 3-5-2 for a start, you know, that, that is the first experiment against the low block that, that worked out well. We went with, went with our 4-3-3 against St Mirren. It's a honking night for a game of football. There was pressure on, there was threadbare squads on both sides. What we're seeing in the 4-3-3 is defences and teams will give us the wings all day and the crossing was abysmal that night. It was just so, so poor. So St Byrne have got all the players in the middle. We've got the wings and it was just such a frustrating evening.
1: Yeah, I and mean, here's a question as well. So we've seen Dawson to good effect against St John'son. Could he not have been in the squad for St Byrne? Did Ange not see something in him early enough to I, put him in? I think he was in the squad but he didn't get selected. Because he, he was meant to
0: be with the, the B team two weeks. He's, he's been Are with the first build? team squad for two weeks. Okay. Him and Moffat. So it's just that he's not made the match day 16, yeah. but he's been in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um but again, the point, I, I was actually going to make this point when we were talking about Merla loosely Laird that covers the, on, on Twitter yeah, guy that covers a B the B stuff. Yep. actually said, I, I said, some, somebody had asked him, I had a cracking account, somebody had asked him, what about Dawson and Moffat, when they get they get put in? And he, now he said Moffat, I think most people kind of know about him. You see, I post a lot of highlights, he scores a lot of goals, a lot of assists. Dawson, I'm slightly more surprised about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, whatever's seen in him is obviously and training, possibly the way he's carrying himself, how, how professional he is. Again, I'm surmising here, but, mm-hmm. what for what he's done in the B team, I, I've been promoted up to the, the senior squad seems to have come as a bit a surprise to observers that have watched the B team. H- however, I think if we've seen that yesterday, you can see exactly what the management's seen. I
1: think so. And I, you know, I've not seen much of the B team, James. I know you caught a, a game earlier on the season and followed some of the, the action there. But the headlines definitely have been about Moffat. He's got a couple of brilliant goals, actually, and yeah. you've seen the highlights of them. Rocco um, Vata as well. Rocco, Rocco Vata, Vata, absolutely. And, and those lads, are, they are, they're still in the headlines. And I've seen little, if anything, of Dawson. So it's a, it's a real bonus that he's come through all of a sudden. I, th- I think he, he was injured at the
0: start. I don't. I don't. Th- I, I, to, I think to, to to mind, to my mind, I think he's played some, like, maybe ten games, scored three goals, and and that's all fairly recent. I think he was injured at the start, took him a while to get going. So that's maybe why he's n- not been as prominent. But I still think it's fair to say Rocco Vata mm-hmm. Owen Moffat are the guys that that really have have stolen the headlines as yeah. far as far as the B team are concerned. And if they had been promoted, it probably would have resonated with people a bit more. But I mean. It goes without saying Modern technology is amazing Because these guys You're seeing more and more About these guys You're seeing their development In front of your very eyes mm-hmm. Been playing at stadiums Like Airdrie Stadium uh, What's the one What's the one Cumbernauld, yeah. Broadwood. Broadwood Broadwood Stadium yeah. You know They're getting played At places like this But You're actually seeing These guys develop Whereas before You'd have been hunting around for for grainy, grainy footage, of this you know, so it's it's great, it's great to see, um, and
1: it means when they do come into the senior squad, you get a fair idea what to expect from them. There yeah, we go, yeah. it's a fair point. um Just that kind of last point on Saint Mun before we move swiftly away for that one. um <laughs> Just a question, so just just you know, simply should Juranovic uh, and Taylor have started ahead of Moffat and Scales There's the argument of should you always start with your best team, you know, and go for it, and then you can freshen it up. But Ange seems to always like to have some sort of quality in the bench. There's an argument that's why he had Rodic in the bench for a game, which it seemed he should have started. Um, I can't remember which one a few weeks ago. He likes to have Ross something Cunningham. if he needs to change it. In fact, it was Ross, Ross and Rogers He's come on and set up the winner. Mm-hmm. So does, is that, that why he keeps... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that why he keeps Juranovic in reserve and maybe to a lesser extent Taylor? And it's easy after another each to say, you've got to start these guys. But do you think... And listen, we'll, we'll go on to Ange in, in more detail very shortly. He's not without criticism. He has of made course. some mistakes. So, do you think he should have started these guys? Sorry, what <laughs> did you say there? Tell your about your uncle Ange. Did you he's not without criticism? Did you say he's that? not
0: beyond criticism? All oh, right, okay. okay. <laughs> You're right. Away, so we'll see. Oh. We'll see about that. We'll <laughs> see about that. No, um, <laughs> it, bro, recent evidence would suggest skills probably starts in your strongest team. Definitely,
2: he's he's a bit left back for
0: me than Taylor. That's what I, yeah. I would I would say. That's my, one of my takeaways. And that that's not me talking down my, my good friend Greg Taylor. Um, you know, chances are it would have been a hard push to get down for Perth for him to get to Ibrox because uh, I think he pulled in the ballot um, yesterday so that's probably why by the, by the rest of them but uh, I mean uh, 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 again on recent evidence Uranovic and scales would probably start most if not every game that, that we had as Ange want to keep somebody back in reserve just in case it doesn't strike me as that kind of manager maybe, maybe, maybe he is, I, I don't know but
1: well, he, he said I himself, don't, I don't rest players, they can rest when they're 45. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> his yeah, comment. Cool. So I don't think he rests. But keeping in mind, you get into that St. Murden game, the news only broke on the night of the game that the winter break was coming forward. Mm-hmm. Ange didn't know at the time of selecting his team what was ahead. Did we have St. Johnson, then Hibs, then Rangers? Three you games know, or one game. Yeah. He had to think on the move. So you've got to bring that into
2: consideration to an extent. I don't know if it did come in his thinking. I think he's saying, what's, And bear in mind, he had a, an injury average squad himself. He's going, you know, he's pulling in young boys for that game he's thinking what's the strongest team I can put out I don't know if Juranovic was carrying a knock of some sorts I, th- I think it's one out of two for me Juranovic should have started but Taylor should should not should have stayed on the bench and think skills the better player so I don't think too much I don't, I don't think he's overthinking these things I think he's thinking I need you win this game I think we're overthinking it. I think we are. I think <laughs> no, you, you are. <laughs> you know what it's
0: like. You know what it's like in Football Manager when you've played two games in a week and somebody's at a hundred percent and then somebody else is just at ninety six. What,
1: what age are you? You see, you are just at ninety six percent. Yank. I'd barely even the bench today. <laughs> I don't get involved in that. You don't play Football Manager? I do not. My, I'm too old. Um, anyway, I just wonder as well. We talked uh, at length about these nine games at Celtic. We're going to face in December. It ended up being eight games, one seven, drew one, pretty decent. But I just wonder with so many games with such a depleted side, was it maybe inevitable? We well, were going to drop points somewhere. Uh, absolutely. I absolutely. I
0: think it's time timing's everything in, in life. If uh, if the draw had came against St Johnson, we'd be sitting here a home. Whereas it came against St Man, then we got it. a win. We got a win. You expected Rangers to put St Man away. They did. You go, Well, do you know what? Six points behind, I think I'm on record the scene if we were within ten points 10, at yeah. the, at the swing round, yeah. I'd be happy. We, we that sure come up. Up. Yeah. We've got the we've Great got call. the league, we've got the League Cup in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, you
1: know I, 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 my question to MD that isn't happy is what the hell what did you, you expect yeah, from yeah. where you were we'll yeah. get to all of that so we'll move on to the review and we can we can look at where we are where we think we'll be and you can gloat myth about how accurate you were or not we'll, we'll dig into the tapes yeah, I, I, to find out I, I, again I'm,
0: if we were nine points away, I'm not saying I'd be sitting here happy but it's just that I think it's
1: acceptable in the context of what the 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 bin fire that he was leaving. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll well, tell you what, so as mentioned, St Johnson there was our 36th game of a long season so far. There's plenty more uh, of the same awaiting for us from the 17th of January onwards. That's the date we return uh, against Hibs. Monday night football, I want uh, to look forward Lovely. to. We'll see how that goes. So what we'll do here, we'll split the review into a few sections and we can then cover each section in a bit more detail. So there's four sections in total. Those will be as follows. Section one, the results. This will be a short summary of how we've fared in those 36 games. It'll include a breakdown of each of the competitions we've featured in so far uh, and that will then set the, the tone for the conversations that follow. Section 2, of the players. So we'll take a look here at the men who've been pivotal in the season so far. We'll break this down into new signings, existing players and academy players and the guys that have been making the headline for us. Section three, of course, Miff. Don't get too excited. It's all about the manager. Oh. So appointed back in tenth of June, and has fast become Miff's favourite Australian since Joe Mangle. And if we didn't know him then, we definitely know him now. And we'll take a look at the impact he's had since arriving at Celtic Park. And finally, section four, we'll look at predictions for the season. So where we are and where we think we're headed. So Miff, section one, the results. Um, What I'll do here, I'll provide an overall record of the results, it won't be too long or in depth, Uh, and we can then look at them in a wee bit more detail, including the highlights and lowlights of the 36 games so far. So of those 36 games, played 36, won 24, lost 8, quite a lot of games to lose, and drawn 4. In the league, that's 20 games, in Europe it's 12, and it's 4 in the League Cup. So for the league, we know that we're just over the halfway point. We've played 20, we've won 14, we've drawn 3 and we've lost 3. Europe, including qualifiers. So we've played six qualifiers. That was against Michelin, Jablonek and Alkmaar and then the six group ga- group games. We've played 12, won six, drawn one and lost five. And the League Cup, we've played four, we've won four. So Muff, if you can think of them all we'll here, obviously a lot of football to cover, but what are the key results in there for you? What are the key games and what would you say stand out so far as defining games or moments of the season? Uh, getting the job
0: done against Alkmaar was, the, was the, the big one at the start of the season because I think we all felt this is going to be a long season You know We We weren't quite sure What the The transfer activity Was going to look like We I think We were fairly Frustrated at the start of the season In Other podcasts That we did Other, other episodes That we did Expressing <laughs> A bit of Dismay Just the lack of action Um Alkmaar was a Was a big result Just Just for the point of view I think it was important for Ange Just to Just to can get, of get us through the hearts game where we where we lost and I know it is a game that we lost but if you look at that game cold and calculated we absolutely dominated that game and we, we weren't at full strength nowhere near it and had Scott Benno decided to take a walk to the penalty spot for a pie in the last minute of the game he would have safely collected Sutter's header it's, the only reason Sutter scores is because being so far off his line um, in in hindsight, I think the the chasing and start actually became a catalyst for for the team. Um, the deadline day business we done was and Carter Vickers now looks like, you know, I know goes a, a a standout, but the the depth that Carter Vickers and and Jota have brought to the squad is is outstanding. Um. After that, where did we go I went, went away? To Kugel, Kugel was signed, we went away. I kugo was signed, wasn't he? I played to out in the wing, Eddie in the front. Went, and, um, and again, that it was a kind of it was a bit of a team affair. Really, wasn't it? Eddie's oh, missed that sitter in yeah. the first the first half. You know, for a for a Celtic Rangers game, it was it was just a bit it was just a bit tortured. But the the main the main points for me are the are the, the, be- the better performances for me as in football performances have come in Europe. That's been that's been the key for me. I think that shows us when teams don't come just to sit in against us. We go toe, to toe for toe, or toe to toe. Don't go toe for toe. You wouldn't to want <laughs> to, uh, to swap toes with me. You go toe to toe. You wouldn't swap toes with me if that's twenty years of amateur football. It's a bad sight, lads. Um I think that's when when we see us at our best because you know we we defend fairly high and we're happy to go one one on one and it's it, you know it's heart in the mouth stuff but going forward I, I just think it frees up like it's a Jota Abada Kyogo and you can see there why we've signed them they're yeah. just so direct and dynamic I just yeah. I just love it and the, even though we get beat I think the Leverkusen away performance gave us a belief that we can do this yeah did I mention we went to that one with? Hey, you may have, you yeah. may, you may have uh, spammed me some, me some photos when you were earlier there <laughs>
1: there of many, many large stains of uh, strong German beer. Yeah, great trip. Um, but yeah, James, as Miff rightfully says, you know, it was quite a, a chastening start for Celtic. So their first three games, um, or Andrew's first three games, competitive football in July, we draw with Meachland at home. You and I were there to see a badass score the, the opener and then, you know, beat on, done, done the thing. Um, we've then lost to Meachland away and we've really struggled, haven't we? We kind of. You know, lost that in the the wednesday night and then we've been beat two one off hearts so three games in no wins for angie and immediately the pressure's on and listen the media could not wait to think the oh, they, oh, they were loving they were, it and put
2: that on they were hoping this was the guy he'd be going by now and all that kind of stuff and he, he called them out on the other yep. saying he probably had a, a book on it that's right and we've then followed that up obviously the first one was against uh jablonic i don't
1: know potato potato but the um we could grief after that. We won four two, but it was all about the goals we conceded. Mm-hmm. I think felt may have been at fault for one yeah, yeah. and yes. things. if you actually look at their Conference
0: League run, they aren't the, they aren't the absolute donkeys. Yeah. Donkeys yeah. that we we probably thought they were. I mean, we blew them away, absolutely mm. blew them away. I mean, it could have been ten nothing first half yeah. easily, and they've actually had really good results yeah. in that in that run. We went there and, and actually they played quite well at Celtic, I think it was one, was it 1-0 or 2-0 at Celtic Park? You know, but they, they actually defended Julie. Really. I thought they looked a better team at Celtic Park yeah. than
1: they did at home, but we just, we absolutely blew them away. Yeah, I mean, we've beat them 7-2 over the piece. And at that point, James, you know, some of the, the earliest signs of Ange Balls kicked in. We've beat Dundee 6-0. We've dealt with Hearts pretty comfy in the League Cup. We've beaten Alkmaar 2-0 at home, which was a huge result in the bigger picture because we know how tough the away game become or became. We then beat St Mirren 6-0 that we've drawn now with the other day by the way Um, and then all of a sudden Angeball's starting to kick in and we're getting excited there's some uh you know sunny days at Celtic Park and 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 football's back and then some then as you mentioned Miff we've got that uh defeat by Rangers and that's kind of brought us back down to earth I mean what's your take James Miff has touched on some of the early stuff you know some of the the excitement in Europe what's the what's your kind of summary of the important games in those in this opening six months or so
2: yeah, not to start an egg, but I think Michelin was important to really sharpen the, the scouting team's mind as to a goalie. You know, it was that was a game we went, right, this guy's not it. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it against West Ham and then we saw it against and an important game. So that that was important in terms of what we needed in the team. Results didn't work out. Like you say, uh, Dundee, and Mirren, you know, six goals a piece. you know, six goals for each game. You're thinking, this is going to be great, you know, and it was beautiful to watch, you know, that kind of football, just real flowing, real Celtic football. And I think what happens after that is teams get a read on it and they go, right, if they're going to play like that, we can't play football against them. And like the, the difference is in Europe, they go, well, we're going to play football against them. So we get two fo- footballing teams, like we saw with Betis Leverkusen and that kind of thing. So th- the highlights of the games were the, those two big scoring games that showed you what can be possible. And I think maybe even, you know, t- it's funny, just yesterday showing that there's another way to play as well, which is still Angeball. ball. Yeah. You know, it's not just a set locked formation, it's still Ange's style of football with a different formation. And I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to have to see that change within games. We go over 4-3-3 three, three, and do we need to actually alternate from that to 3-5-2 during a game?
1: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, a couple of key questions, Maff I was going to ask two questions and one as such. Is there any games that we should have won but failed to do so? And vice versa, any that we did win, but maybe kind of got away with? Lovingston and Dundee United are the very obvious ones. I think done the Dundee United game, whilst we weren't
0: great, we hit the bar about four times. Livingston have missed a penalty in the last minute You know the season's completely different I don't want to go back to Warburton Era Rangers here um, And get back and replaying every game that you've lost But th- those two are very obvious There are two games at home we should have won um, should, should have lost to Ibrox as well That, that probably, was a draw Probably not I, probably, probably not. I mean Eddie's, Eddie's chance in the first half Is just an absolute sitter But over, overall the, the run that we've been on mm-hmm. uh, up to now Is, is phenomenal Um and um, that's what's kept us in the hunt. Any any other concession drop points mean that you're you're going to Ibrox whenever we. Right? No, sorry, Rangers are, are coming to Celtic Park, and even if even if they draw, you're probably for a mountain to climb. So I, I think we've we've bought ourselves a better wiggle room. Not much, but a bit. Um, it's unlikely Rangers forms going. to You need to remember as well. No one to dwell too much on Rangers, but Rangers only lost one league game. In, Best part of was that eighteen months or something. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, yeah. it's a very very long period of time. So that's the
1: forum that. trying to keep up with whilst the manager's doing a rebuild i think he's done a pretty good job i think so james another key question i suppose an extension of that question is did some of the games come a bit too soon so obviously you know you get into those early fixtures the the hearts game where we lost 2-1 kyogo's come off the bench i think as a winger in that game we we didn't see anything like the the kyogo that we now know and and love but um you've obviously then signed your goalie and different things so that you know football's football and, and that's how it goes you know you sign players at different times but i think in some of those early games a, we were learning a new, a new system and B, we just did not have the body. So, you know, they could be very different games this time around or in the second half of the season.
2: In and out, you know, you've got Eddie and, and Christy there, two guys who had their eyes on moves, you know, pretty early on, mm-hmm. um, if this season, if not last season. And that's that's fine, you know, if they're ready to go. But I think that interfered with our uh, settling down, selling in things. I certainly think that blocked, obviously, Kyogo playing at Ibrox through the middle, which would have changed that game in itself. Maybe he scores the one that he didn't. Um, Christie's slightly different in that Christie showed us a wee bit of what we're missing. You know, yeah. that, that guy who's you know delivering balls to, what, to Kyogo. What could have been, perhaps? Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't mean the guy himself. You know, all the best to him and he wants to go on further his career. And, you know, he looks like he'll come up to the Premier uh, League next year in England. Um, but he showed us the kind of player we need in there that's going to... Uh, give the balls that kyogo has been running for the last six, seven weeks and not been getting, um, and no harm. But Turnbull's just not the guy to thread those balls through in a different kind of position. Rogic is, and it's, we're starting to see a wee bit of that. So as much as the play, p- players we didn't have in, I think it's important to players that we had to move out as well and, and move to fourth position goalie too. Yeah, very valid point. But if there's a couple of games that I'd like to highlight just before we
1: move away from the games as such, the, the players themselves. There was obviously a bit of a a suggestion that Celtic, you know, just struggled away from home and certainly on last year's evidence, we absolutely did and blew that away very, very alone and, and, you know, put that myth to bed. There's two games which I thought were really pivotal to that. One was beating Aberdeen uh, at the start of October 2-1. It's Jota that scored the late goal from Montgomery's uh, cut across the box. I think it's maybe 83rd minute. I think that was huge and and that just set the tone. We then went on a real run. We beat, you know, Motherwell at Fir Park, beat Barros, beat St. Johnson. And a game, a midweek game, I thought was really important where we beat Hibs 3 1 at Easter Road. And I thought we were exceptional that night. So it wasn't just a turgid grinding out and away result, James. I thought there was just some real good football on show, particularly the first half. And it showed that we can also play ball away from Celtic
2: Park. Yeah, if anything, that I think I thought Celtic were quite merciful that day. Um, we were at that game and they were, what, three up in 20, 25 minutes, something really early anyway. And they could have gone on and finished the first half, five, maybe even six up. And it just didn't seem to turn the screws, so not to be critical or anything, but it did show us the football we can take on the road against a team who were, you know, on a good run as well. So, yeah, I think you're right. Those those two games are really big pivotal moments in the season, aberdeen Hibs away.
1: Yeah, and one last game we'll look upon um, before moving on from this section. Again, it's Hibsmith and it's that League Cup final one last week. How important is that for setting the tone and setting the winning mentality for this group of players? But, uh, I think I say that uh, when, we, when we recorded after
0: it that, I just think it buys Ange not only time with the fans and, and the media to a degree because, you know, you're, you're judging the silverware that you win. Um, I think it also buys him a bit of kudos if he needed it with the players. In terms of belief, you know, buy into what I'm asking you to do and you'll win things. You you know, you'll be a winner. And it, it just helps towards that mentality. Winning becomes a habit. All, all those ridiculous cliches that you get in football. But, but it does. And now, those players are in there and can say they've they've won something for Celtic. It does it does mean something. McGregor as a captain's lifted a trophy for Celtic. Um, th- those things are important. Those are important things just to tick off and and, and build that momentum within the squad. So f- for me, it was massive. But um, I, I, I got a bit of a, uh, slaughtering off my mates when we we drew with Saint Martin, and I'd said, well, I would have taken the League Cup and a draw in Saint Myrne rather than losing the League Cup in the win against St Myrne and I still I still firmly believe that I know people out there probably won't agree with me um, but I, I just think that's how important it was we just really had to get that one over the line because if it's not it just piles the pressure on even more th- because all it takes is the next set of drop points and you know the the, the, world, <laughs> the world's the world's falling apart again it, it, t- to me you get that it buys you time he's got a trophy in the cabinet that's the most important thing the league will be the league there's still a lot of ebbing and flowing to go so, you know, I felt I felt there was a massive overreaction to the result um, against St. Myrna. As disappointing as it was, um, I felt in the context of all of that, the first half performance against St. Johnson was actually really, really
1: good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And all things considered, you know, based on the players available to him, I think it was huge to get that one yesterday, but also quite impressive first half. But yeah, to, to touch back on the League Cup, I think just psychologically, it's such an important, um, you know, target to have achieved for angines players. Internally, they'll have these targets, and I'm sure that was amongst them, just to set that winning mentality, and hopefully that remains in the players' heads for the remainder of the season. So we've discussed some of the, the big results, big performances, and now we'll take a look at the players who've been producing those results. So I think it's important, first of all, to look at the new signings and the guys who had the fairly unenviable task of replacing the likes of Odson Edward, Chris Eyer, Ryan Christie, you've mentioned James, Scott Brown, of course, who's now at Aberdeen, and others. We talk about the 12 uh signings they made. I'm going to take Liam Shaw and Urugidi out of it because I don't think they've featured enough to to warrant a proper discussion. That leaves 10 and we also don't have time to cover the 10, but I'll run through the 10 very quickly and we can maybe spend a bit of time on who you guys think have had the biggest impact, if not the obvious one. So obviously there's Kyogo, Jota, uh, Leo Labada, Joe Hart, Catler-Vickers, Starfelt, Juranovic, McCarthy, Scales and Giacomakis. So that's the 10 first-team signings who to varying degrees have had an impact and what I'll do now is is ask you guys maybe to cover who you think's you know made the biggest impression and what we can maybe expect from some of them in the second half of the season James I suppose it's probably an obvious one but
2: Kyogo and George, do you want to spend a bit of time on them first of all? They're my two and three Joe Hart's my number one signing yeah. without Joe Hart none of this counts because we were so porous at the back and the confidence he's given the back four to play their game as well. I loved what Jota's doing, love what Kyogo's doing, obviously, but none of it matters without Joe Hart. Yeah, so. it's a great point. Just in terms of some of the stats, so Kyogo,
1: uh he's got sixteen goals and five assists. Jota, eight goals and six assists. Joe Hart, zero goal, zero assist. <laughs> no glory. I mean, stats no <laughs> count for everything, James. <laughs> nah, it's a, it's a really valid point. I think Hart has been huge for Celtic. And I think some guys will be exactly the same. They'll put Hart as the number one and everything else follows from there. I mean, what about yourself? I mean, I've run through about 10 guys. Um, the three guys James mentioned, Kyogo, Joe, uh, Hart. Kind of goes without saying. What about some of the others? Who's had a, a real impact for you? Well, I, th- I think if you mention Hart, you need to
0: mention Carter Vickers yeah. as well. Just purely for the point of view that I, both they seem me have... Helped each other in, in many ways It's just a, It's a really solid Spine That, that we're developing um, I think Carter Vickers Being signed permanently Would be a priority yeah. Target for me If we could Get that done and dusted In, in January I think we, we should be Pulling out all the stops To do it But um, If you look at the others um, m- More recently The way that he's come into The squad and, and played I'd say Liam Scales has, has, has showed that um, He's someone that uh, He's got a bit of physical they he's a player That He's a player that Martin O'Neill would like. He's a mm. big physical presence. He's got a good left peg on him. He can go up and down the line, and, and he's a threat. Good him uh, yeah, as well. He's, he's, he's a threat as well. And when he gets uh, into the opposition balls, good, good bit of skill about him. So, um, I, I think you'd have to regard skills as as a as a success, albeit that it's been more recent. It, it's only something um, that happened from you. Yeah. Yeah, just to touch on Kyogo, I mean, especially the League Cup, those two finishes, they'll they'll have long in the memory. Mm. Um, just absolutely phenomenal I, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a guy at the, the peaky's powers. Mm-hmm. Um powers so that the longer that can be extended the, the better um, he really is he j- we just seem to have found a gem
2: somebody that's just a completely different class um, I think that I, gives confidence in Andrew's ability to spot a player as well because yeah. that's 100% his guy yes exactly right. and as you say yes. he's 26 years
1: of age if we've got him for the next two or three seasons we're going to see the very best of Kyogo Furuhashi which yep. is frightening yeah mm. I mean he just looks he just looks class and you know both feet, constant
0: movement, um, and and also has a habit when he's not having necessarily a great game, just pops up, which is you know th- that's worth its weight in gold. Jota, I, I, when when I first seen him, uh, I thought that lad he just needs games. You could see he was a player he just needs games. I think what credit I would credit Andrew this is and seems to have made him effective. So as well as been really skillful, you know, doing all the things that the fans the fans love, he's actually made him an effective contributor to the team. I think he's linked up with, with Kyogos, uh, you know, it's there for all we see, they're, they're, they're looking for each other all the time when they're on the ball. Um, the great thing about Jota is, I felt Jota really stood up even when we weren't playing too well in European games, I'm thinking Betis and, and Leverkusen away. He really stood up to that that challenge, Enjoyed and, and he still looked like mm. the best player on the park, yeah. even though he was maybe playing the team that was getting beat. I, I like that. I like that when somebody's kind of standing up. Um, so it shows the mentalities there as well. And again, if we can if we can sign him, if we can sign him permanently, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, other signings, McCarthy hard to judge. There's been glimpses.
2: Um, Yesterday's probably his best game So it's too soon to say I I, I, I think he can make I think he will make it But it's too soon to say He's he's a class player Well well, no That isn't up for debate It's just whether
0: he will Contribute over a period Period of time to this This team While Stange is a manager I'm I'm just
1: not sure he will Yeah I mean Of the ten guys I think Eight are are, Well seven Are clear successes Right Kyogo Jota Abada Hart Catler Vickers Mm, Starfield I had him in that 7 he's maybe up for debate is that, well, is that, is that is your opinion that Starfield changed? well well, here's my question marks Right, my question marks are definitely Starfield I'd need to include McCarthy in there much as I'm a huge fan um, and Jack Amakis of course
2: so yeah. where are you at in those three games? so two haven't proven Jack Amakis and McCarthy you know they've they've just not enough game time, more time yep. Starfield has a lot of game time and I think we've got signings to make at centre half not in this window I think it'll come in the summer I think Starfield will move on what do you think Miff
0: <sighs> It doesn't sta- Starfield I, well Starfield um, if the balls are getting launched into the box you need somebody to kind of stick their head on it Great. A la Thomas Rogner somebody like that great um, it, but he keeps making the same mistakes and, and he just, I think if you look at every game, he'll, he'll make a rick like that like he made at St. Johnson. He got punished for the one at St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And even even the way we defended after that, the time it took him to get out to the winger, you yeah. know, you've given the ball away, just go and follow him. Mm-hmm. But he stands off him. I don't, I don't know how many times, he gets himself in off funny positions when he's trying to defend one-on-one at times as well. But, but in any case, with Starfield, he continually makes the same mistakes. I, I don't know how long... And will put up with that. It, 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 to me, it just based on what I'm seeing, it looks an odd signing because he seems a bit like the odd one out of the team <laughs> yeah. in terms of how we're asking. But dare I say a bit like McCarthy? You know what, what you see with McCarthy. Uh, and just going looking for dynamic players to go box to box and rush around and press, whereas McCarthy's more of a mm. holds his position centrally, has the play go That's through him. But, but, with Starfield, he seems to me to be a backs to the wall kind of defender, whereas we're asking him to go out and play. You know as part of an expansive passing game or spend a lot more time in the ball than probably what he's been used to so uh, for me he's just always got a rick in him if people want to back him and are happy with that and we lose games because of the ricks that he produces then I'm sorry but that, that's just no for me if, if he's made if he's made a rick in terms of maybe you no know, picking up a man or you know somebody running off him and that, that, that happens but he seems to be giving the ball we are panicking quite a lot and, and, and that last third when he's on the ball I agree with with James. I I don't think he's the answer going forward. I think he'll do for now because he's actually, as a partnership, him and Carter Vickers seem to work quite well. You know, at the end of the day, the the team hasn't conceded a lot of goals in the league. I think it's something like, is it? 12. 13 or 12 goals. So um, you have to to commend him for for being part of that. But looking at how he's played over quite a, a large number of games,
1: there is just a mistake waiting to happen. I oh, think well. you may well, but right. and, and I suppose the jury is out on Starfield, and I think that's fair. He said some strong performances, he had some some mistakes, and you know time will tell on him and McCarthy and Jack and Marcus over the course of a season. And at that point, I suppose we can make a, a full assessment. Um, don't want to spend too much time dwelling on that before we move on to other things. But James, over the piece, you know, I think it's. Alex Ferguson said famously that if you get one and two signings right, you're doing pretty well. Of those 10 signings, I think we've comfortably got at least five right. Would you agree with that? Or
2: I think your, your, your five is locked and you've maybe got two that you're pretty happy with. So, yeah, you've you certainly got fairly stats there for the one and two. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, bear in mind, we didn't come into this summer with a here's the plan, here's what we're going to sign, here's what position. It was a right... We've got 10 minutes to sort this out, kind of thing, and right. the league's starting tomorrow. Get that guy for the airport, all that stuff. So the, the way they've done it under pressure. Without any real structure as well, for Ange to come in and make these things happen, I think it's been really impressive. Don McKay gone, but not forgotten. So no. he, he was my signing of you know so, so much hope. <laughs> you know <laughs> who
1: knows what part he played in or didn't uh, in those various signings. Um, what we'll do now, so yep, so we've talked about the new signings, some real successes, some question marks there, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, important, of course, to look at you know some of the existing players and. Most I like to focus on who's really stood up to be counted. So there's a you know a few guys worth discussing here. Captain Callum McGregor, you know, stepped into that new role admirably, I think. Tom Rogic, who's exceeded all expectations, in my opinion. Tony Ralston, geez oh. Mm-hmm. We'll catch him. Um David Turnbull, unfortunate to to hobble out of the cup final, but you know, he's had an impact. And James Forrest less, so his season's not really got started. I'll give you some stats around some of those key you players. Missed it. You missed out, Greg Taylor. I have missed out, Greg Taylor. I've not got enough time to cover Greg Taylor, I'm afraid, today, Miff, so your boy will need to wait. That's Mikey Johnson. Um, <laughs> he yeah, falls into the academy player section, <laughs> James. Oh, oh come on. Been 27. <laughs> all to come, all to come. Um, but yeah, in terms of some of the stats, Tom Rodgic, he's only got three goals, but he's got eight assists, which is good numbers, considering he's not played a huge deal of football. He's, you know, had his injury woes as well, but I think actually there, there's a really good article today in The Athletic about how much Rodgic has stepped up this month when mm. the chips were down. Ross County... His assist yesterday, his solo goal against Dundee United, he's really stood up with some big moments and I think he's been a real standout. Uh, Ralston, we've mentioned, of course, he's got five goals and five assists. Yeah. For a guy who didn't even play football last year, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Turnbull, nine goals and seven assists. That includes a hat-trick early season as well. So, I mean, Miff, for you, who are the standouts to the existing guys? Well, I, I don't think anything like, like um, James gave a goal
0: reference to Joe Hart there, but, which I agree, by the way, um, it was an absolutely fundamental signing for everything else to click into place. Outfield, I don't think any of this happens without McGregor. Mm-hmm. I, I just think McGregor's so pivotal to the way that Ange wants the team to play. I think I've been on record saying that. Um, and his level of performance has been incredible. I think you're he, never coming away for any game scene. I don't think McGregor had a good game. Um, uh, albeit that he was the point yesterday, didn't played quite well, but over the course of a season, McGregor's the guy, the guy that's in there, he's he's making sure that the team, maintains the standards, Um, so for me, uh, I would say McGregor, is an obvious standout, however, you have to give a mention to Ralston, Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, start to the season that he's had, and he he was in, every fan's eyes, other than maybe his mum and dad, uh, a write-off, as far as his Celtic career was concerned, nobody, Nobody was thinking Tony Ralston was going to be playing a prominent role for Celtic this year. Um, to have shown the, the mental strength that he has to come back and, and force his way into the team and then contribute the way that it has, some of his goals. Really, really, really important goals. Um and just it's been it's been great to watch. I think fans always love it when somebody plays with with their heart in their sleeve. You can mm-hmm. just see the passion uh, in their play. Um he's no shy putting his putting his foot in either. So no, an honourable mention to Ralston, it's a shame that uh, and hasn't been able to get Forrest on the park too often as well, I thought early season he actually looked quite sharp, he was coming back for a long term injury and he just seems to have had problem after problem after problem, so um, hopefully he's a better second half to the season than, than what he's had at the start, but no for me McGregor and Ralson Are the two very obvious Standouts in, and Probably Greg Taylor
1: Yeah <laughs> Yes uh, <laughs> Okay Moving on uh, James Who stood up for you So I, I suppose Some of the answers Are pretty obvious But who's been the main men Of the existing guys
2: I, I think it is the same too um, I've got question marks Over Turnbull's role In this, in this uh, squad aren't, aren't James is like, I feel like me finish right? But I'd also like to see him In the 5 of a three-five-two And see how that Adapts to his game Might be interesting Yeah He's a minute <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I think McGregor McGregor's really impressed me Because I wasn't sure If the captain role was really for him You know, he's he's, he's a nice guy He's a baller You know, all that stuff I questioned it Was, was it really going to suit Or was it going to distract him From his, his own game? Yeah Sitting in the sixth Rather than the more advanced I think has combined well With his captaincy Because he's then dictating the things And running the game He's he's impressed me Incredibly this season So yeah McGregor entirely Interesting what we are saying Earlier on about Dawson and Moffat and you've got Tony Ralston sitting there if you want to know about mentality, go and talk to him because exactly. he's a guy who'll show you how to do it. Do
1: you know, And we've spoken about it several times, but rightfully so. The resilience he's shown because listen, young guys, I think Ralston's 23 now, young guys are all over social media. There's no doubt about it, whether it's you know, whatever, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They see all this stuff. They see all the sniping, which actually, I'll deviate slightly and say some of the sniping on Mikey Johnson is shocking from his own fans in terms of how they speak about that young guy. But, we we'll maybe cover that in a wee second. But in terms of Ralston, he was getting all the same grief last year and the year before yeah. and he was getting called out and he's F and this, F and that and not good enough and never will be. He's just knuckled down. He seems to have this real thing about him where even when he makes a mistake in a game, which is few and far between nowadays, when he gets a cross wrong or something else, he doesn't dwell on it. He just seems to kind of wipe he, his face a bit quick. And, and just resets and moves on. And I think you're right, James. I think all those young lads who have played alongside him in the academy mm. can now look up to Tony, who's maybe only a year or two older than some of them and say, Well, he's the shining light. He's the guy who's shown that when the chips are down and when things don't look good for you, there's a way back at Celtic if you show the right mentality. So
2: purely from a mental point of view, I think he deserves huge credit and all the praise going. 100%. The challenge I've got for, I suppose, Jan Ralston is that, is this as good as Ralston can get? Because I think where he's at just now is good enough, but still got some question marks. If he's got space to go higher and they can take him there, then I think you've got a real player. Yeah, I think it could be pretty
1: exciting. So, yeah, I think we're agreed. That, you know, there are a few guys that, I mean, had Ralston and Roger moved to other clubs in the summer, nobody did a blink twice. And actually the two of them have proven just how important I they've been it. to Angie's success so far. Mm-hmm. Um, we've touched on the academy players. And again, in a very, you know, pleasing start, there's several guys who are in around the first team. So guys like Welsh, Welsh has had plenty of game time, plenty of minutes. Mikey Johnson, we'll go into detail on Montgomery, Miff, he's played his part. And more recently, we've seen guys like Owen Moffat, Joey Dawson very recently. Ben Doak, the young lad on the bench, there's serious high hopes for Ben Doak at 16 years of age. And even Ewan Henderson, he gets his first goal for the club in that that big one oh no, against yeah. Betis. So, Miff, who's the big academy players for you? Who's going to play a real part in, in Ange's future Celtic? Well, I, th- I think Montgomery's here to stay,
0: he seems to. He's, he's, I think he's done the right thing Montgomery's kind of used him. Out of necessity But then he's protected him almost a bit as well um, The emergency skills has probably helped with that as well So I think um, I think Montgomery will, will play a part um, Mikey, Mikey Johnson's a, an odd one Because There is absolutely no doubt There is ability there No doubt at all You can see that Just to be the way that he, You know The touch that he's got He skips by players fairly easily It's what he does after he does that That tends to be the problem But Again, John, Johnson's had a fairly, you know, stop-start career in terms of injuries. I think the times probably came f- for him to go on loan and just play a number of games, be, be a team's main man and let him gain that confidence, probably help with his selection of passing and, you know, just, just the choices that he makes in, in certain positions. I think that's all that he really needs. He, he works hard enough. Um, he's, he's a villain. He's a villain worker. Doesn't hide. He, he, you know, he's... He's won our own at the end of the day, so I, yep. I want him to be successful, but but I think the time's probably come where when the fans kind of swing around on you the way that they have on Johnson, it's been very noticeable. Sometimes you need to just do what's best for, for the player in that, that instance, and I think the best thing for him just now is just to be taking out the firing line, maybe go somewhere alone, whether it be another team in Scotland or, or maybe somewhere down
1: Championship League One and just let him play. I'm really torn on that. I think it's a, it's a really interesting talking point. There is a suggestion. There was even rumours that he was going to go to Dundee United. <laughs> I think that was a guy on Twitter just suggested <laughs> I think, it. And I some somebody seen him at St Andrews and went, Dundee United sometimes train Aye. up there. Um, but there is a suggestion that for his own good, he might benefit from, I don't know, a Hibs and Aberdeen, you know, one of these type teams on loan. Do what Ryan Christie Done. You know, go and be a, a real success and be a standout in maybe a slightly lesser club. Um, but the other dilemma i suppose for celtic as well as mikey is that we're not blessed with, with bodies at this moment in time he's played a lot out of necessity he had this real window there didn't he when jota right. got injured to go and impress and yeah. i don't i don't think, think he succeeded it. much as i've <laughs> been so desperate what for did a you what did you get him for his christmas <laughs> that would have been private between me and michael <laughs> um but i think he's such a talent but it is it's a real crossroads in his celtic career and it'll be interesting to see I don't think he'll go out on loan I think Ange sees him as important to the first team squad
2: but that might depend on who comes in in January and, I, and how things I think play here. I think it really depends who comes in if if there's flexibility for uh, you know wing type players in the January signings I think it'd be great for everyone concerned if he goes to, and, and D United might be the fit as much as somebody just made it up on Twitter it might be a good fit if Tony Watts going there. It's a good feeder for him, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um but I think it is time for him to to get away from Celtic for his own good and for Celtic's own good in the in the greater scheme of things, yeah. like you say, like Christy. We'll
1: see what January does. Out with Micah Johnson, James. Is there anyone else academy wise that you're excited about
2: in the second half of the season? So when you know the squad was getting decimated over the last kind of four, five, six weeks, we were saying, you know, are we going to see Rocco Vata? Because any time I've you know, seen him. And the goals he's scoring and the way he's playing and the confidence he's, he's got, you know, there's certainly something. But he's not come up in that, you know, lift with uh, Moffat and Dawson and yeah. so, um, Doakso. so we'll, we'll see what comes. But yeah, um, I think the guys who've come in, Moffat's shown he's got talent. He's shown he needs to work on his his mindset. Dawson is just slotted right in. So I, I think it bodes well. Yeah. And what really impressed me about the younger players was the um, Betis home game. Mm-hmm. And the thing that impressed me about it was that they just played the ex- exact same game, same system, they all slotted in their places because we're playing that in the B team as well.
1: Yeah, I think it is exciting. And, you know, there's a lot of talent coming through Miff and it could be really, a, a really important six month in their development, you know, out with, you know, the group as a whole. There's lots of individuals here who, some will make it, some won't, but they'll get a chance under the range and I think he's proven that that's what he'll do.
0: Uh, absolutely. And
1: the Ewan Henderson
0: one's a, a funny one because I think he's been out and won a few times. Doesn't Disney really seem to have stood out particularly much. Um whenever he's played in the first team, I, I think he's, he's looked fairly decent. You know, he looks like maybe maybe one of these guys that's playing at the higher level seems to suit him. If that makes he sense, well, yeah. he just he, he just seems to have a good brain. I, I, I like I like watching him playing. Um, I, I think one person we haven't spent too much time on that I would like to mention Stephen Welsh. Um, a lot of people weren't really too happy with the amount the amount that Welsh played last season, but I think it stood him in quite good stead. I think he looks a lot more. Solid proposition this year And I thought he had a really good start to the season um, When things were a bit threadbare And you know A lot of, lot of players were, were agitating to leave He was a really solid presence uh, In the defence at that point Albeit that I think it was Altmar away would kind of turned his back in the ball And you know what it's like once you make that mistake You then fall down the peck yeah. or Starfield's come in But um, I mean for f- watching games I think Welsh has probably made less mistakes in games Than what Starfield's made Um but he doesn't seem to have been trusted with that run in the team. End of the day, Starfield's a big money signing, so you, you would expect him to play. But I think Welsh has played very well whenever called upon. And again, fits into that category of being a threat in the opposition box as well because he attacks the ball really well at set pieces. Um, I, would, I would say Welsh, I've, I've been happy with his contribution, but I expect that he will feature a lot more getting into the second half of the season
1: and like many guys under Ansh, he can also improve I mean the interesting thing about that Betis game was the scorers on the day was Welsh you know one of our own homegrown David Turnbull who obviously came through the Motherwell Academy and Ewan Henderson so it's really promising I think there's real serious young talent at Celtic we, we spoke in previous episodes maybe back at the start of things about how there was a lack of guys coming through. We spoke about the obvious ones in terms of Forrest, Tierney, McGregor. There wasn't a lot else happening. And all of a sudden, maybe through necessity, but you are seeing that there are you know good young talents at the club. And I think Andy's the kind of guy that will give more of a chance than Lenny may have done previously. So it'll be really yeah. exciting to see
2: how they all fare. The, la- the last thing I'd say on Welsh is that I think he's got a ways to go in terms of his ability and talent and development, but he's a leader. And that's one thing that is he's got naturally. So that, that's a good thing to have in our tank. Yeah, very promising. So we'll now we move on to everyone's favourite topic,
1: certainly Miff's the manager. So appointed on the 10th of June to a Celtic support, I think it's fair to say at that time, who were reeling from the breakdown of the whole Eddie House saga. And listen, I know you weren't on board with that anyway, Miff. so no need for I told you so and all that, but you, you may be called that one, right? James, I'll come to you first. How did you feel uh, about the, the announcement of, of Ange Postacoglu the moment you heard
2: the news, you know, in the, the immediate aftermath of that? So, I mean, I had a, a 24-hour panic and you know, initially I was like we've gone from a known guy who seems to play the kind of football want to play in Eddie Howe and all that kind of stuff to someone that just through my own football ignorance I hadn't, hadn't heard of so it was a kind of Friday afternoon, Friday evening that came through and I was like this, this isn't the move. Saturday morning got up and looked into a wee bit and I was like well actually there might be something in this." so I, I think in one of the groups we were on I kind of went this is horrendous and then kind of 12, 15 hours later I was like well let's look at this and there, there might be something so the initial reaction was not good through my own football ignorance and I've learned my lessons. Yeah. My father, obviously you knew all about Angie at the time. So tell us how you felt when you had the news. <laughs> well, no, I, listen, I, I was
0: in the same boat as James to be careful on this because as much as I love football, um, Oceania, Far East, probably a bit of a bit stretch in terms of terms of my knowledge. So I did know that he'd taken Australia at the World Cup. I did know that. I, I, I kind of knew vaguely of him from that, but that was it. And thought to myself, this doesn't really seem like a good fit. Um, as you know, I wasn't too on board with how. Um, I don't think a PE teacher was what was required for the task um, that was laid out. And based on his jumper and trousers combo, I think we've we'll got the friendly Janny in, um, who is able to galvanise the the squad and and, and get them playing. Um, I I don't think. I've ever wanted a Celtic manager to succeed more than I want Ange to succeed. I just think he is exactly the personality we needed, the character that we needed for the stage that we're at. You know, everything happens for a, for a reason and I think he has just been the right personality to come in, lift the club, and, and point us in the direction that, that we want to go. I think I'm on record to scene as well in, in previous podcasts, he feels like the type of manager that he's come in you know, I don't think he's necessarily got his eye on a move to England with any immediacy. I think he, he very much has come in with a view to doing a rebuild and see where that takes him. And if that takes four or five years then then great. I hope that there's not the chance of him disappearing after eighteen months. Um because of what I do believe is the, the job that he's gonna do for Celtic is gonna make people
1: want want to hire him. Mm-hmm. Um I think if we if we invest in him then We'll get the results, yeah. And I think nothing would surprise you in football, so you never really know the moment. But what I would say is that he just seems a perfect listen, and seems perfect for Celtic. Celtic as a club seemed perfect for him as well. There just seems to be, you know, such a real you know synergy there, and they just seem to kind of fall into place. And this isn't something you know, well, I've been aware of on the 10th of June, and there was so many question marks and lots of googling and Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as they started to talk, as soon as they started to get the results, as soon as they started to to put his stamp on this team, you really started to feel that, and with every passing week with Ange, it just seems more and more, you know, suited in
2: terms of him and Celtic. Yeah, I think there's a, a few things off the football pitch that happened with Ange, and it's the the would top came out quite early. I think it was his first or second training session. Very, very clever move by the media team. Very, aye, hats we'll off them for that. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute, this is something. And then maybe a month later, I think it was maybe just before the, the game at Ibrooks it was the way he spoke about his own family's refu- refugee journey and what it means yeah. to be a refugee and how much that chimes with a lot of Celtic fans anyway. It's like, well, there's something more to this guy. There's real depth to him. The way he deals with the media, that, you, know, you know, I remember Lennon snarking back and all this stuff. There was none of that. And it was just like, you're shut down. Mate will do it, you know? He's, he's very measured in his responses. And... He,
1: he takes a wee pause sometimes, you know, he gets, he gets thrown all sorts of curveballs and nonsense in, in the mainstream media and he just takes a wee second and then it all clicks into gear and he gives some incredible responses. I'm sorry, I'm sitting here chuckling
0: because we're only a few weeks away from the one year anniversary Lenny's inverted commas. <laughs> uh, just as you were sitting there talking about that man, I had that image in my idiom, just sitting Aye. like that man, I can't get it. No, he deals with them well. And again, another thing that, that stood out to me when when we appointed him, um, I don't know if you lads are into your cricket, but we're in the midst of the, the ashes. No, um, no way, but. England are just, are, they're actually England. getting their arses handed to them yep. as, as we speak. Um, but the Aussie sporting mentality is a ferocious one. And Ange, Ange has been brought up in that, in that system, whether it's Aussie rules, cricket, football, uh, soccer. As, as they would call it rugby league rugby union it's ferocious they they are they are programmed to win um, and, and that's that's what we're getting we're getting a guy coming in with that mentality and instilling that mentality and, and attracting people into the squad with that mentality as well um, how he deals with the media is is very kind of matter of fact and, and black and white but I think that's what it needs sometimes is you know the, the, the amount of ridiculous questions and, and that's not a Celtic specific thing the amount of ridiculously bland stupid and pointless questions that interviewers ask managers after a game you know so you know are you, are you happy with the three points nah I'm nah, uh, no mate nah. to be honest with you I'm absolutely raging you know come on you're a paid professional so I think the fact that he deals with it so effortlessly um, but also at times when the club or the fans particularly have needed a bit of backing I think he's, he's kind of puffed his chest out and, and done it. And I think that's that's what's created that bond between the, the manager and the
1: fans. Yeah, I think that's very important. I mean, in front of me, I've got what I would have suggested as Andrew's to-do list when he came in the door. There's seven key points here, and listen, there's probably more, so feel free to chip in if there's anything I've missed. So first and foremost, he had to build a new squad and, and we've seen that with the 10 first-team signings, which I think we agree, you know, have been mostly successful. He's had to deal with the loss of some key figures, Captain Scott Brown, Ayer, Edward, Christie, etc. Um, he's had to build the confidence of a demoralised team, you know, went for the 10, failed spectacularly. And you've got guys like McGregor, who was definitely playing within himself last year. Tom Rogic, we've spoken about these guys. He's Tony Ralston as well. These guys were drained and he's had to come in and lift them very quickly. McGregor, speaking of which, he's had to appoint a new captain to the club. And I think he's got that right with Callum McGregor. He's had to qualify us for European competition. And I mentioned some, you know, some games came too quickly for Celtic, came very soon. And it's part of the game that the European games always come early for Celtic. He's had to go into those games with real, you know, shadow teams and and just you know tries best to eke out, out a result. You mentioned how big the the AZ game was, Myth. We scraped through that in the end, you know two 0 one at celtic park and a really early two-one defeat yeah. in the away game but we've done it and we got over the line and he got us into the group stages and um, he also had, at the same time had to make us competitive domestically so we know what we're in the league we're six points behind you know just over the halfway mark and we've won the league cup so the first trophies in the bag so he's you know, ticked off that objective and finally yep we've spoken there in a bit of detail about the media and not just the media in terms of how he how he speaks in general it's also about standing up for celtic football club and for the fans and I think and I'm extremely
2: biased, but of those seven key items, I think he succeeded in all of them. Yeah, and if you what a task list, you know, and there's there's more to do, but what a guy to do it, and what a challenge that was, and he's 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 overcome most of that to, to varying degrees of success. Um, if there was one word I was going to use to uh, describe Ange, it would be authentic. Everything he says. Is what he believes. He's such a football enthusiast. I was lucky enough to, you know, ask him a question at one of the press conferences a week or two ago. And you ask him, you know, a a fairly light question, you know, and he goes on for like three, four, five minutes. See, if you're telling the truth, you don't need to think because you're just telling it right from the heart and that's exactly what you get with him. And it just, it really impresses me. Yeah, very sincere and very genuine in all his responses. Muff,
1: would you say that he's, you know, he's performed well in all those categories or, you know, I t- to put you in the spot with, with Ange, but is there anything that he's got wrong or anything notable that he's got wrong over the piece?
0: No, listen, it's, when you, you're someone who sticks
1: to a way of playing
0: or are very principled, you immediately make yourself a target because when you're not immediately successful, people then use those very principles to, to mock you and almost say, oh, well, are you, are you so kind of rigid that you won't change? And I think that's something he was met with fairly early on, even some experienced people in the media were were practically ridiculing him after three or four games, which I thought was just quite frankly unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Um, But hence why there's been a growth in in fan media, to be honest with you. That's why, because because of people like that. But what he's then shown is, like you do with most things in life, if you give things time and you, you assess it over a longer period of time rather than make a snap or harsh judgment, you'll generally get a, more of a body of evidence to go on. And what you can see is he's made the players that were there confident again. He's brought in some shrewd signings, none more so than kiogo who, of recent Celtic signings, I mean, I can't think of him, he's been a more spectacular success so early in their career. So, I, I mean, I, I, I personally don't, because I, I don't know what what standard that you hold him to. He's six, seven months in the door, he's won a trophy and he's within, you know, touching distance in, in the league coming into the winter break. I, I, I again I just get back and see what what was it, what was MD hoping for? I mean, it's, it's
2: it's to me it's nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think if you'd given an extra month, if you come in a month early and you give him an extra ten million because he's a, he's a net underspend. You'll be know, brought in more money than we spent. If we spent ten million more for an extra month would be head and shoulders at the top of the league, you know, maybe, maybe right up there. So I don't think you can be criticising anything that he's done because he's been under such constraints, time and money being the biggest too. Yeah. I think, you know, if you want to really kind of drill in and and look for mistakes in terms of
1: some of the football and things, there's maybe been some substitutions, maybe some selections that he's got. Well, I'm going to say he's got wrong, but listen, sometimes the manager, you make a, an informed decision to go with something sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't and you can look at any man the most successful managers in the game they'll get a sub wrong they'll, you know they'll make a, a wrong choice in hindsight out with you know specific things tactically and in-game scenarios is there anything else and I'm, and I'm not sure there's an answer to this but is there anything else that he could have done better differently
2: smarter anything that he's failed on see because it's all such a short window to make these turnarounds it's really hard to get perfection in that you know it might happen over you know 18 24 months he might get exactly what he wants but this is just the first stage of what he wants so it's really hard to criticize i think you can say like the, the odd substitution here and there but he's maybe been too loyal to for, for example starfield who we know who's you know playing and out of confidence but you might be saying that's not the guy i wanted to sign i wanted to sign a guy that cost two two times as much as that of the budget or the time to look for him just on that point I think you can be critical of the substitutions because I think that, that's fair if,
0: if a game's been 0-0 he's made subs and it stayed 0-0 then the subs have of Corlea not had the impact he was hoping for because they've not won the game but by the same token what it's also fair to say is he is still getting used to the squad and those players and players are different some can make an impact from the bench some can't and I think that's just all part of the process that we're going through just now is that he has to learn that about the squad as much as the squad who have can, to learn, but yeah, you know, the, the system that they have to play and all that type of thing as well, so I, I think, it, you know, there's not been too many occasions really when he's had a full full strength squad to
2: choose from, I don't think. Yeah, he says it himself, he said we've not had one week where it's not been some kind of crisis mm-hmm. to deal with.
1: Yeah, he was asked even just after St Johnson, was this one of, one of your most challenging games, he said it's all been a challenge yeah. since I came in the door, everything's been a challenge he's had so much to juggle, He. He's lost his chief exec as well, you know, and at mm-hmm. the bargain, if you want to look at the the Dom MacKay, tobacco is that the right word? That's yeah. a tobacco. I'm going with it. That that's a debacle. Yeah. You know, so that's been a thing in the background. Whilst he's he's also, by the way, just as a human being, adjusting to life on the other side of the world and getting used to Glasgow and everything that that throws up at times, and you know the various nonsense that goes on over here. And yeah, he said, you know, so many tasks we've run through all the various tasks there, and it's so much to take on. And I think it's just it's admirable what he's done so far. And listen, I don't want to be. We'll challenge things at Celtic when they're going wrong, you know, in terms of decisions a manager makes or a player or or a boardroom level. So I don't want to be all fanboy and fawning over him. But I'm going to do it anyway, because I just think he's been such a success. And I've got a question here for you, lads, and I almost feel like I shouldn't ask it. It's just, you know, has he
2: met, exceeded or failed in your expectations? Where are you at on that, James, overall? Exceeded far and away. It's been a long time since I look forward to every single Celtic game like this. You know, I, I can't wait for the games to come along and that tells its own story. Exceeded for me just
0: because I, 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 <laughs> the expectations were, were fairly low I think. I think you just wanted to see a, a coherent team on the part. And, and by the way j- just in terms of the level of performance, I know we've won a lot of games by the odd goal. We have had to grind a lot out um, but there have been some really excellent uh, performances in there as well. Probably earlier season when we had a, a bit more of a squad to, to choose from. Um, but He's also managed to instill that winning mentality in the team within a, sh- a short period of time, so I think I think that bodes really well as well. When we do get a full strength squad back and he's, he's able to make those changes in game that, that, that we're discussing, then I think you know it's going to it's going to be even more enjoyable to watch come the second half of the season. So yeah, exceeded expectations for me. I I just I'm, I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season. Like like James says, you're looking forward to games now. You feel that there's a bit more of a connection between. The, the team and the fans that despite the fact that there has been a fairly unsavoury backdrop with the board throughout all of this and again I think that makes the
1: job that Ange has done even more special yeah James just as we finish this section of the manager overall what are you expecting from Ange on, on, on two fronts in the remainder of this season 2021 2022 and beyond do you get the vibe that he's here
2: for at least the medium to long term Ange has told you when he's going to go as soon as the challenge stops so we're here until we're fully dominant, maybe having made some form of an impact in, in Europe as well. Once that is consistent, it will start to get bone for he's already told us that. So you're probably looking at you know, two and a half, three, four years, something like that, hopefully longer. But he's kind of indicating that's where he would be. He's got great self-belief. He's got great ambition. So I think he will eventually move on to something, but only be once we are fully dominant.
1: Yeah, I'll just take a wee note of that. 2025 European Cup. Champions, yep. <laughs> find out find out where it's getting hosted. Get our tickets in the ballot. you know. Uh, what about yourself, Muff? So you know your your expectations from Ange this season and beyond. Push Rangers all the way, whether we win it or not. Might be a bridge too far this season, considering no. where we've came from.
0: I not, but I've been consistent with that. I'm not. I'm going. I'm not got to chuck it away now uh, and win the Scottish Cup.
1: So a cup double, a cup but double. maybe falling short. But the Newson well, Johnson. <laughs> That's not a good, great that place to sure be, Considering consider where they are right now. Um, so yeah, it kind of steps us in nicely into you know the final section of the half season review, basically predictions you know overall for the remainder of the season. So just as a very kind of brief summary to allow you to make a, an informed shout, James. Uh, league wise, as we know, we're six points behind with eighteen games remaining. Obviously, that includes three games against Rangers, two of them at Celtic Park. So where do you think we'll fare league wise? I heard your groan there when Muff suggested we're not going to win it. Won the league by four points. That's fairly comfortable, four. so you don't think yeah. it'll be, you
2: know, even as tight as maybe a, you know, a goal difference, difference. in like that? Nah, I think they'll slip up somewhere. It might even be in January against Aberdeen, up at Pataudry, After with fans, hopefully. After
1: they have their fire sale in January. Well, you're, you've been able to factor that into it. That's, really that's what
2: you don't know. That's, yeah. that's the big, kind of... I don't think that'll happen. You know, they always seem to find the money from somewhere and, you know, sell a bit of paper to somebody and they give them 10 million. So... Mm. Um, I don't think they'll have the fire, fire sale. If you ran a business like any business, you would absolutely have a fire sale. It's an absolute car crash in there, but they never do. They mm-hmm. don't learn their lessons. You've mentioned, obviously January is important on and off the part for Celtic. There's,
1: the big suggestion there's a few Japanese players coming in amongst others that we, we probably haven't even heard of or been linked with so far, at least in the in the media. Um, but as a you know, it's a it's a it's a two way street. We've got to look at who Celtic may sign and also what's happened across the road. You know, their their biggest rivals, the the league champions. Um You know, know. give <laughs> myself the vote there. Um, so you know, where he going? You still think we'll fall just a wee bit short despite everything at play? Um, we we may. That's th- that's cool. where
0: my expectations are. We may fall short just on the basis that, as you're right, you say, Rangers are the champions, and as it stands at the moment, have a settled squad that know how that's to do a the big job. Thing. However, come January, you just don't know what's waiting around the corner. Um, my my own thought is they'll, they'll probably sell some, um, but they they've shown that they can maintain this level of form. They've done it last season, and they're. Halfway through do, doing it this season as well, but the difference is if we stay on their tail, that creates a different end to the season than what they had last season. Yeah, pressure. So there's pressure. They've there. never had pressure. There, exactly. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they won a canter last year, um, so that that's just I, you know, there's there's a lot of things that are intangible at this stage that you will then get to see as we get into March, March and April. So stay on their tail and and, and then see what happens. I'm, I'm not saying that we we can't win the league, not at all just to keep that pressure up is, is my expectation. If we don't, I'd be severely disappointed. But the I think you, you go into the Scottish Cup, you, you may win if, if we if we push Rangers
1: all the way, fall short and have won the two cups, I think that's a great season, is my opinion. Okay. So I mean in conclusion, James, you think we'll win it by four points. If you think we might win it, we might not win it. Great. We'll win the treble. Great insight. We'll win the treble. Uh I think we'll I think we will win it, James. I'm gonna kinda, of, you know, put it out there. But I think it'll be even later. We'll I think it might be. I haven't a got that one. Um, so we'll see so a wee, a wee bit of variety there in the predictions um, if, as you've mentioned there you know Scottish Cup it'd be great to lift that as well in an additional League Cup we've got Alloa away at the Underdrill Stadium Saturday 22nd of January I don't, don't do All I'm, I'm in my prediction then. just <laughs> be happy <to> <laughs> Rangers really. that's that so hopefully a Scottish Cup to follow what about Europe what's your hopes there so we face Bodo Glimp there, the Norwegian champions we've got them not till February bit of a break uh, so 17th at Celtic Park then 24th away from home um, they're losing players by the day by the looks of it as is often the case in Scandinavia their season finishes Mm. they've now got the best part of a couple of months with no real competitive fixtures it's a real chance to progress in that tournament isn't it
2: it is and you know as much as they're losing players it's also when they sign players so they might improve on balance we we just don't know we wouldn't know their their squad well enough to say Um, get me out of that as quickly as possible I know you boys disagree but I've got no interest in it whatsoever I've got two well one big focus is the league and a could maybe stretch to a Scottish Cup run, but get me out of the conference as quickly as possible. Are you happy enough if we return to action?
1: We beat hubs, we play various league games, win them. But we get beat by Alloa and get beat by Bodo Glimp. No, oh, we beat Aloa. <laughs> and and we go out and away goals to Bodo. <laughs> <laughs> So we get beat but just no by much. Yeah, yeah. Uh my f very so we've talked about the domestic stuff, but moving away from that, where do you
2: want to go in Europe? Do you want to go as far as you can? Do you yep, see it as absolutely. a distraction? Absolutely, as far as we can. Um we haven't got the squad for it, look at where we're at now. Imagine we're having to play games, you know, next week or something in Europe. We haven't got the squad for it. I just like getting pushed on a Thursday. I do, I do. You've got to bring all
1: that in the equation. Mm. You know, it's not just the football here, it's about a bit yep. uh, lifestyle. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. He's Thursday
0: night, Tappo, can't beat
1: it. Fair enough. So yeah, so there's kind of mixed responses here in terms of your ambitions in Europe. I suppose mixed in terms of the league as well. You know, just your honest predictions, lads, and that's what we always ask for. You're maybe a wee bit torn as to where we might land, so... I suppose it's, it's on a knife edge, isn't it? And it shows just how important. Go go I'll go back to it. We spoke about St. Johnson being a must win. They're all must wins, aren't they? Every single game yep. is so important. But yep. you know, it also ties into, you know, your your comment, James, about you look forward to every game. Every game's exciting. Last season was such a, a chore, such a, a, a dirge to go through. This is completely the opposite, and I think the manager
2: has to take huge credit for that. Absolutely. I mean I mean last season was just so it really made you think Weird about Celtic Because every game was like Well maybe this is when I get fired You know Maybe, maybe this, know. this draw is. And I've never been able to that's, think like that As a Celtic fan That's how you were
0: going Every Aye. game It must be this I mean how many times Did we sit on here We're going It must be this week mm-hmm. It must How how low do we need to fall Yeah um, Oh it was just a, It was a shambles It was an absolute shambles But like you say We're, we're back with the, with the bare minimum We're competing And we're, we're watching a good Celtic team on the park that, That's playing Cohesively like that's all you really ask yeah. for yeah. it's now what, what can happen at the next stage
1: and I think that's what we're looking for that progression yeah I think this Ange Celtic team is night and day from from what we witnessed last year so as we start to wrap things up for this half season review and you know we've obviously looked in depth at the you know the season so far have you got any final comments on anything at all we've covered uh, and keep in mind this will be the last time listeners hear from you in 2021 well, I'm just keen to know does the podcast pay for your patent ticket because I think I'm out of time ooh mm-hmm. yeah. No. The, the answer is no, no ter- sure. Terms and <laughs> say no
0: Right okay that's fine yeah. um, No uh, listen I'd I just say first, Firstly I'd like to say thanks To the, the listeners For continually tuning in Despite my questionable At times patter um, And also the fact that Quite a lot of the The time period we've been running Has not been hugely successful um, it, It's been it's been great Being part of this And whilst I found it Partly uh, therapeutic at times Last year I've really i really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. As, as you'll notice, uh, when I go off on one of my many, many tangents, one thing I do enjoy is speaking about Celtic. Um and to be able to come in come in and do it most weeks. We we use guys has been excellent. So uh, thanks to thanks to um, everybody for, for tuning in and, and giving us their support. As far as Celtic's concerned, we're in a far better place than I thought we would be. Uh, as we wrap up in twenty twenty one. I just hope that twenty twenty two sees us continue the progress on and we, we really do push Rangers all the way and hopefully put them at the
1: post. Yeah. Likewise, James, any final comments on Celtic as we now stand in
2: December 21 and any festive words of wisdom? There's no wisdom here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd echo Miss' uh, comments on, on thanking the, the listeners. I think they've been you know, great following us through this you know, journey, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, in is, per- particular, is. I would say the guys on... Uh, Twitter who liked to have a bit of back and forth and we really enjoy that. We're all Celtic fans and we, we enjoy the different opinions. As you can see, we, we've got different opinions in the team ourselves. Um Celtic wise, I, I just you know I touched on the, the um, post match yesterday. I don't think we've seen anything we're going to see from Angie's team. You know, they talk about Angie's second year teams are the, the real ones, but I think we're gonna see a lot from them in the second half of this season. A lot of football, a lot of goals. Yeah, this isn't end James, this is just the big oh, play <laughs> a of Thunder. A, yes. great, a great philosopher once said <laughs> So as we head into 2022
1: it's all to play for for Ange Postacoglu's new look Celtic. There may be a few new faces joining the squad in January but the players that are already here have done a pretty good job for us so far this season. We can't win a treble here in Scotland without including the League Cup and we've already got that in the bag so, you know just saying. And that's before we even include a trip to Albania for the inaugural Europa Conference League final. My thanks to Miff and James for joining me on this special episode and also to Sinkey, Paddy and Chris for their contributions this year. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you, our listeners, for all your support during 2021 and to wish you and yours a happy and healthy new year when it comes. We'll see you again next year.